Good morning, and peace be with you. I'm going to um, give you some announcements before the announcements, um, but uh, I just um, was made aware that Laura, uh, who sits right there by Marlis and, and everything, she's not feeling great, and so we just need to lift her up in her prayers. A doctor has ordered her to uh, be at bed rest, which, as we know, uh, we would, any of us would just love that, right? So, um, apparently she's been a naughty girl, Marlis, right? A little bit? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't take no for an answer. She's a little stubborn. And uh, how unusual when we get in a group of Lutherans, right? Is anyone here stubborn? <laughs> so um, let us just uh, lift her up in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, Daddy, we just uh, come before you and um, we ask uh, your healing mercy to be upon Laura. Um, that, Father, that you would heal her and that you would uh, uh, equip her for this time, uh, this time out that she's been given. Um, we know that in her nature it's hard for her to be isolated from people and interaction and so forth. So, Father, I pray as much as it is up to us and that we can help, that we might uh, reach out to her and encourage her. And I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would be with her, encouraging her and giving her comfort. In Jesus' name we do pray this. Amen. Um, also, um, you'll notice over the next few weeks, up until um, the Pentecost, that um, we're going to have a reading from Acts every Sunday. And it just so happens that we started our Acts of the Apostles Bible study this last Tuesday. And so, um, who's in that Bible study right now? There's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So y'all are going to, we read this, uh, this verses that we'll hear this morning, and you're going to have a heads up. This is going to be a really good um, Bible study. Uh, it's, uh, some new things have been revealed already, like, does anyone know who wrote, not the ladies that are in the class, does anyone know who wrote uh, the Acts of the Apostles? It was Luke, yep, an extension of, of Luke to uh, uh, the excellent Theophilus. So, um, so we're learning things all the time, and we've got some new faces in there. It's always a good time, and uh, it is not threatening. Does anyone feel threatened in there or feel like it's a, a, over their head? No, I mean, it's just it's a good time of fellowship and being in God's Word, and it equips us for uh, doing His good work and also for Sundays. And this morning, uh, I have a communion assistant that is going to be David. He's going to be cup catching, and um, so we've got that taken care of. And I think that's it. Bob, would you come up and give us the news that's fit to tell? morning. It's a hard act to follow. Um, you noticed uh, my first announcement, I walked up the ramp. We're going to try and try and push that for people who feel that they need to, 
that this is a little intimidating to him, it's a little bit unsteady. If you, if you want to come to the altar, please come up the ramp. Um, <clears throat> all right, moving right along, and for those who are following along, this month we are sending our financial support to the Christian retreat in Latvia. Uh, the focus for the retreat center is to reach believers and non-believers in the Baltic states and to foster children discipleship and healing of the whole person. <clears throat> on, a, on a similar note, I, uh, Josiah Adventure uh, is also one that I contribute to. So that's, that's helping out in Ukraine. That's that Czech couple that were here and they, um, they help uh, create, they foster and create Christian camps in a very uh, troubled region at the moment. Moving along, uh, sit and be fit. Uh, I think you guys know about this one. It's 10 a.m. on Tuesdays. Um, I hear it's pretty good for, for the upper body. Bible study uh, is also at noon on Tuesdays, and uh, I imagine it follows sit and fit. That would be my guess. Uh, and right now, as Pastor said, they're, follow, they're doing by Acts. Um, Men's Bible study, of course, is on Saturday. We have, <laughs> we have plenty of donuts and pl plenty of time, so come on and see us if, if you're able. Uh, praise. On page five in the bulletin, you'll see that we need uh, who, those who need prayer and something new, a place to praise our Lord and Savior. If you would like our, your praises published in the bulletin, please uh, write or email them to Ashley. And music. We are grateful and praise God for our pianist Nick and, and organist Deanne. Uh, if you have special music requests, again, uh, please contact Ashley. Uh, oh, mark your calendars and tell your friends that Nick Galliantanis, sorry for the pronunciation, he'll be back with us on Saturday, June the 3rd, and at 2 p.m. to play another concert. Portals of Prayer, um, those are the little booklets. Uh, I usually grab a couple, one for here, one for work. Uh, they're great. I, they're a daily devotional. Uh, we use it in the men's Bible study as well. Worship assistance. The new worship assistance schedule for May is available on the Narthex. So, you know, sign up, please. And on the back side, uh, well, our council, please pray for the church health, guidance, peace, and strength. And you know the church office hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 9 to 3, So, and the office will be closed on Mondays and Fridays. Pastor Ken is in the office on Tuesday through Thursday, 10 to 2. You can email Ashley anytime. And if you have a prayer request, um, we would love to pray with you, as we did this morning for, for Laura. Please fill out a blue card uh, filled out uh, in the you can find them in the narthex. And uh, our prayer team is available to pray with you, or you can send Ashley an email, okay? In all things, trust God. Thank you.
Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, 
for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and sing in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up a fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. It's a long walk from back there. Good morning. Uh, the first reading this morning is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14 and 36 through 41. And this can be found on page 1692 in the Pew Bible. Uh, Acts was written, Acts of the Apostles was written by Luke, and as we know, Luke was a doctor and a scientist and was very exact in his documentation of activities. So there's no uh, exaggeration, there are no omissions. This is exactly as it occurred. 
So Acts uh, chapter 2, beginning with the 14th verse. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Next, we will read Psalm 116, verses 1 through 14, responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin. Um, Psalm 116, verses 1 through 14. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. And this can be found on page 1887 in the Pew Bible. Peter writes, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. 
Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1642. Luke records, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Well, what things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came, and they told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of their companions went to the tomb, and they found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 
And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up, and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So, when Paul was dictating one of his letters to the church in Corinth, the Holy Spirit inspired him to create a short list of the people who saw Jesus alive after he had died on the cross. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, Paul says this, I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. These words of Paul remind us that there were hundreds, perhaps a thousand, people who saw Jesus alive after he died on the cross. These accounts are not like modern-day sightings of, say, Bigfoot or UFOs or even Elvis. You know and have seen some of those shadowy, grainy, out-of-focus images. I don't know why they can't. I mean, they get a picture of my license plate from outer space, but we can't get a picture of Bigfoot. Anyway, you know that those out-of-focus images could be almost anything. They really could. However, these accounts of people 
who had conversations with Jesus. These are conversations of people who touched Jesus. These are conversations with people who ate with Jesus. These are not accounts of people who saw things out of the corner of their eye. These are not the results of wishful thinking. Now, many, many questions arise when we read the accounts of the resurrection in the Bible. One question that a person might ask is this, why is this particular account included while another account is left out? Well, the Apostle Paul indicates that there were many accounts of the risen Lord. And there really would not be enough room in a book to record all of them. Why did the Holy Spirit, is another question, inspire the evangelists to include these particular accounts? Why these ones? Well, today's gospel, it comes from the gospel according to Luke. And Luke's accounts of the resurrection begin very early in the day with the witnesses of the women at the empty tomb. And then there is the account that we heard earlier of the two disciples en route to Emmaus. And there is an account of Jesus appearing to the disciples as they gather together in Jerusalem in the room. Finally, there's the account of Jesus appearing to the disciples as he ascended into heaven. Listen to this. There, there's a common thread to many of these narratives. The women, they encountered the angels at the empty tomb. And the angel said in Luke 24, verses 6 through 8, he said to them, Remember... Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise? And the women remembered his words. And in today's gospel, we heard Jesus speak to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And he said this, hard to hear, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And then, in the third resurrection account, Jesus appeared to the gathering of the disciples, and he said to them this, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning first in Jerusalem. Okay, 
What's the thread? In each instance, there is a focus on the Word of God. That is, the angels direct the women to the Word of God directly from the mouth of Jesus. Jesus directs the disciples to the Word of God written in Moses, the prophets, and in the Psalms. And today's gospel even tells us that Jesus hid his own identity while he explained the scriptures. Do you remember while they were walking and talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Yes, Jesus hid his identity from these people, but he explained the scriptures. So as far as Jesus is concerned, it was more important for these disciples to understand the resurrection based on God's word. It was more important than for them to understand the resurrection simply by seeing Jesus in the flesh. The Word of God is very important to Jesus. Jesus scolded those two for failure to believe the Word of God. He said to them, O foolish ones, Jesus understands, Jesus understood that the Bible is not hard to understand because it uses difficult language. Jesus understood, Jesus understands that it is hard to understand the Bible because it says things that we do not want to believe. It's been attributed to Mark Twain. I shared this yesterday with the guys. Mark Twain is said to have spoken this. It ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It is the parts of the Bible that I do understand that bother me. So let me ask you this. What would happen if Jesus walked up to you and he talked with you? Would he say the same thing to you, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken? I know that I'm foolish, still foolish. I know that I am slow to believe. What about you? Why is, why is Jesus so stern? Why is he so insistent that we believe the word of God? Why does he label those who are slow to believe as foolish. Jesus knows that the word of God is the power of God. And after all, when we look at the creation, we know that it is God's word that created it. God's word, he spoke everything into existence. And he continues to make it all work together. And in the same way, it is also God's word that delivers. God's word delivers salvation to you, and it delivers salvation to me. Jesus is not insistent about God's word just to give us something to do. 
He is insistent about God's word because it is the power of God unto salvation. The word of God is, is how God gives us gifts. The fact is, is that Jesus Christ himself is the word made flesh. John 1 verse 14. And it is through the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself still comes to us today. It is the very natural, very natural for us to ignore God's word or perhaps hear it improperly. Why? Well, when we hear that we broke the universe with our sin, it is natural for us to think that we need to fix it by not sinning. It's our, our human nature, our flesh, that desires a way for us to set things right. i got to pay this back. We want to make our own way back to paradise. And it makes sense to us that good and loving people go to heaven and that cruel and evil people go to hell. It makes sense to us that we should be able to improve our own moral character so that we can make ourselves worthy of heaven. And therefore, when God's Word tells us that we are all cruel and we are all evil, that we cannot save ourselves, we ignore it. And then we complain that it's too hard to understand. And when God's Word tells us that Jesus took the blame and the punishment for our cruelty and for our evilness, we judge that it is too good to be true, and we insist that there is something that we must do in order to earn our own salvation. Jesus will not. Jesus will not let us get away with that kind of thinking. He taught the Emmaus disciples the entire Old Testament is about him. He began with Moses, it says, and then the prophets, and he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He showed them in that little Bible study on the road, he showed them how the Old Testament proclaimed the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of the Christ. And Jesus teaches there is a single theme throughout the Bible, one single theme. It is like a scarlet thread winding its way through all the passages of Scripture. And that scarlet thread is Jesus himself. He teaches us that we have not learned the full meaning of any passage in Scripture until that passage teaches us something about Christ crucified and risen for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, he said exactly that to the Emmaus disciples. He said that they were foolish and that they were slow of heart because they did not believe in the scarlet thread of Jesus in all of Scripture. And I have to confess that I too do not see Jesus as quickly as I should 
when I read the Bible. And therefore, I too am foolish and slow of heart. How about you? Jesus, he doesn't say this to be mean. Instead, he says it so that we will know about the salvation that he earned for us with his suffering and death on the cross. He says this so that we will believe in him and live with him forever. He wants us to know the word. He wants us to know the word because it is through the word that we know him and through him that we have salvation. Eventually, Jesus revealed himself to the Emmaus disciples. They arrived at their home, and they invited Jesus to spend the night. And as they reclined for the evening meal, Jesus took the role of host, and he broke the bread, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them. And it was then, it was right then, that they realized that this is none other than Jesus risen from the dead. And just as soon as they recognized him, he disappeared from their sight. And it is interesting that they recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread, for we also break bread. Jesus has given us a special meal using bread and wine. And he promised that when we celebrate this meal according to his instructions, he will take up residence in the bread and in the wine. And he will come to us in his very body and in his very blood. And in a way, that is similar to the Emmaus disciples, who also recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Jesus comes to us in his word. He comes to us as his word falls on our ears. He comes to us as the word combines with the bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper. In each case, Jesus reveals himself to us. He is with us just as he was with the Emmaus disciples. We have his promise, and by his promise he gives us forgiveness, life, and salvation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's a light upon the mountains And the day is at the spring When our eyes shall see the beauty
stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Father of the risen Christ, in your Son's appearance to the Emmaus disciples, he expounded the scriptures and revealed himself in the breaking of the bread. 
grant us grace that we too may perceive him as our Savior through his word and rejoice to receive him as the bread of life for the salvation of our souls. By the word and sacraments, renew our piety this Easter tide, that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, your Spirit opens the Holy Scriptures to the hearts of your people. Enlighten this congregation by the resurrection light that never fades, that our hearts may burn in faith toward you. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, you have poured out your Spirit upon us that we might believe your truth and raise our sons and daughters in it. Bless all parents that they may faithfully catechize their children in your word. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, stifle the powers of darkness and end the reign of war, violence, and terror. Give leaders who will seek peace and work for the common good. Instill in them a love of righteousness and guide them in the pursuit of justice for all. Bless Joseph, our president, the Congress of the United States, Gavin, our governor, all state and local officials, all medical and emergency workers, and all members of the armed forces who protect us. Lord, in your mercy, God of compassion, those who suffer cry to you. Hear them and answer them with grace, sufficient for all their needs. Heal the, st the sick according to your will. Comfort the wounded and give your peace to the dying. You are our health and strength for this life and eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, your compassion is made known to us through your Son's breaking of the bread. Open our hearts and mouths to receive forgiveness in the body and blood of Christ, who suffered for us and has entered into his glory. Lord, in your mercy. Oh Lord, have mercy on us when we are foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken about your Son. Pour out your Spirit on us through the preaching of the gospel, that the Scriptures might be open to us through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. With me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. 
With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name, and we join their unending hymn, Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. He gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. People say, oh, I just need to see Jesus. I need a burning bush. I need to see Jesus. Well, come. This is Jesus. He's here. He promised he would be, and he keeps all his promises. He is in and on and above and side by side. All of these elements, all of these elements combined with his word and your faith it does work as he promised, forgiveness of sins, 
salvation. Jesus rescues. He's the only one who can rescue those who believe from sin, death, and the devil. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared.
keeping it simple, we proclaim Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will walk with